afternoon. As long as it's all good, we want to welcome you to The House That Happens, sponsored by Shuey's Bar and Grill, the only place to be in suburban Etobicoke, best voted best dive bar in the GTA for four years in running. We believe it's probably the best dive bar in the country because when you get to Shuey's, we keep the vibe alive. Hi, my name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Milani. And we're here to talk about all the insidious, iconic, and irregular, erratic, conditions that we find in the lines in this world of sports how you doing buddy good obviously excited about uh, world cup and man there's been plenty going on in sports it's gonna be a great show we have here today oh we got all kinds to talk about but would be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that the drama of ronaldo is now older as we've come on the air portugal has been eliminated from the world cup yeah just now morocco upsetting the uh not the defending uh, european champs anymore but obviously they won recently and Oh, man, big for Morocco, big for Africa. First African team to go to the semifinals. This is huge. I think that we should point that out. That's a, that, that, that is, after all these years, of, I don't know, World Cup has been 100 years now or whatever, but the fact that an African nation has finally got to the semifinals is amazing. Big shout-out to uh, Morocco. Even though I have to say there's a lot of irregular things about soccer, I really don't know because I'm not a regular follower. But if I watched the last overtime or the the extra time in this game i would say they were trying to give portugal an extra shot to try to get a tie in this oh my god you're telling me red card and uh, eight minutes of added time at the end that was ridiculous and not only that when they did show the replay the guy wasn't touched Oh, it, if anything, it maybe kind of like nicked the, the oh, front yeah. of his toe, yeah, maybe, would, but like, but that's like not a yellow card. No, Definitely no, not. and and it's it's pretty interesting now because when the tournament started, some of the big names that I heard that I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm no soccer aficionado by no means, but like four of the big names that I heard coming in were Brazil, mm-hmm. Germany, Spain. Belgium. Last time I checked, all four of those teams got on the plane and went home. Yeah, well, whoever told you that Germany was going to be a factor in this one, I think may have had a little bit of bias on their uh, side. I have to, because I just watched but... some of the shows, the guys that are experts, and I'm going, I've never heard anyone mention Morocco even thinking about getting to the semifinals. No, but, no they, but were in our, they were in our division. Our group, yeah. So think about that as a Canadian group. Them and Croatia. And yeah. Croatia, that I was gonna, wanted to point that out. As Canada, perhaps maybe we were in a much tougher um block or whatever than we thought of when we have two of the four teams from our uh, group went to the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, you could view that as a little bit of a consolation. I mean, the finishing 31, no 30, 31 <laughs> out of 32 teams isn't the greatest. Okay. But I mean, considering we were number 94 in the world just two okay. years ago, okay. I mean... Okay, I'll take that. I'll, yeah, exactly. I just say that in the end when someone... I, I bet you somewhere along the line we're going to watch on TSN or one of the European feeds they're going to say, oh, Canada, you were, in a, you were in a pretty tough group when it was all is said and done. However, I would be remiss if I didn't have to say uh, congratulations to Croatia for getting to the semifinals. Yes. Which, who beat... Um, Brazil yesterday, and probably one of the better soccer games I've ever seen in my life. And I'm an old man, and I don't see a lot of soccer games. But what really intrigued me about the game is that um, the going forward, the both teams trying to score. There wasn't like that old school, let's see if we can play defense all day. And I thought the referees let a lot of that knick-knack. So guys, like the flopping part of soccer, which I can't stand, and a lot of North Americans can't stand because we're not used to that. But a lot of it, I thought the referees looked the other way. So it kept the flow of the game going. Yeah, that's uh, kind of been a theme of this World's Cup. Kind yeah. of like just letting the play go. Just not like, obviously sometimes, you know, you need to blow the whistle just to not let the game get out of hand. But no, I think the flow of this World's Cup has been great. And uh, that Croatia-Brazil game, like Brazil is a straight-up attacking team. Oh, a lot of fun to was, watch. It was very entertaining. Yeah, and, and uh, Croatia, they're kind of like, like kind of, 
a little bit of the same. Like they're more of a counter uh, attack team. Like oh. they start from defense and kind of move it up. Uh, either That's way, how they got that yeah. that that winning goal. When you think about it, a tying goal. Yeah, tying goal. Yeah. But, but uh, I want to ask you, not like having Neymar saved as the last shooter in the shootout. What do you think of that? I thought he should have been earlier because then they didn't get to use him. Yeah, exactly. I thought so too. I was looking for him. I'm going, why aren't they using this guy? Was he going to, because you know what it is? That's what I don't like about soccer. You, you, you create artificial drama. So if it got down to Neymar and he scores that goal, oh my God, it's a Pepsi commercial. It's a mobility commercial. It's a gambling commercial and six supermodels. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, which leads me to believe that I'm really glad in a certain way. And I shouldn't be glad because I don't have a horse in this race. But if I don't see Ronaldo's face anymore for the World Cup, that's not a bad thing. The guy played how many minutes? Oh, not that much. He, start, he played that first game and then he just came on as a sub. Uh, well, I may, I, I'm not too sure. I think he may have started all three games in the group stage. Um, I know there was some he was upset when he was taken out of that third one and then obviously he didn't play at all that round of 16 matchup yeah but the then, guy that came in and played for him scored three goals three goals yeah so what are you gonna say now buddy <laughs> no, like, he's gonna go to Saudi Arabia so you won't have to see him as much anymore oh and you know you what? don't show highlights of the Saudi no. Arabian League on Sports Center. and you know what they say that's what is that uh, sports cleansing nonsense I'm gonna tell you this I don't sports know sports cleansing not sports cleansing what do you say um that's how they got this World Cup in Qatar. That's oh. how they have the Live Golf Tournament and all that. Sure, because sure. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to use money to buy people to get into the Middle East so that they can say, we're really... Yeah, like legitimate. As, yeah, yeah, we're legitimate. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Budweiser couldn't sell a beer. Uh, all of a sudden, the regulations... That could, like like pre-Qatar and now. But I think they've softened off some of the rules because they have those compounds to drink in Qatar. So all these places yeah, go to one yeah. place, you go to drink, but no drinking in the stadium. But I think it was kind of, and they'll look about that in the future. Qatar said one thing before the tournament. When everybody got there, they said, oh, we changed the rules. <laughs> of so that's kind of, oh, man. not that it put a damper on it, because personally, like I'm saying, the way that the World Cup has um, evolved, you've got some great matches, but the, some of the teams didn't show up. When you look at it, look at France and England this afternoon that everyone's looking forward to. Oh, yeah. And not only that, this game everyone had projected to be Spain and Portugal. Uh, including myself. Yeah, okay. So everyone thought this game was going to be Spain and Portugal. Just like on the other side now, everyone thought it was going to be Brazil and Argentina. Including myself. <laughs> there you go. So when you look at, when you look at all the, how the draw went, they actually had it set up so they could have those, um, what would you, I guess, high-end, um, huge rivalry type competitions yeah. in the World Cup. It's just that some teams didn't get to the table. Yeah, kind of like uh, what they do for, uh, we talked about this before, March Madness, the way how they yes. set up these brackets. Yeah, just so that when you get to the end, you're going to have that all, the drama that everybody's looking for. It's just that it doesn't always play out that way. But that that's being, the World Cup, baby. Yes. And, and that being said, I, I've really, I'm glad. First of all, uh, Mr. Milani here made me pay attention a little bit more because, as they say, it is a beautiful game. And I'm glad to say that I watched some games. I watched probably more World Cup this time around than I've watched a lot. Being that I'm on afternoons, yep. I get up and the games are on, which is very, very convenient. Like, I didn't get out of bed and I watched the whole crazy uh, I'm going to challenge you to watch more international soccer as this podcast goes uh, on. So I, I will. Euro Cup, Copa America, yeah. even the CONCACAF uh, Gold Cup. I'm going to challenge you to watch some I of that, will. too. Well, it's really funny because my son's best friend is a, um, a soccer fanatic. and he Who's his club? Uh, I don't know. I think it's 
I, I know it's Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich? Yeah. Okay. And, and then his, his team, I think he has, in the in the Premier League, he's got some Tottenham love. Okay. I believe. Uh, i got to find out for sure he's going to get mad at me. I don't got much Tottenham love. But, but anyways, he ran to our podcast to see my nickname is affectionately known as old man. What does the old man know about soccer? I'm going to go to that podcast <laughs> just to hear this. However, um, to let you know, um, and that's a shout out to Matt Kern. If he is listening, the, uh, the fact that, um, shout out. Yeah. He, um, he, he will listen in. I, like he's the one that's been bugging me and saying, old man, watch more soccer. And I'm going to look I like it. We, we, we should have him on. Yeah. Well, that's what we'll do. He's one of the guys that will definitely bring him out here for his soccer acumen. Um, because, but his family is, is the old Irish family, too. So okay. That, and his parents, he grew up on soccer, just like in your house, like the Italians, you guys watching soccer, it's the same thing. But in any event, what we're just saying is I'm, I'm saying we've, we've got a couple of more games to go. I think that the World Cup and uh, people in Qatar should be quite happy because I think the ratings are up a bit. From what I've understanding, considering it's from across there and the North American mm-hmm. audience is one of the ones that they're shooting for. I know in Europe it's all there because it's the same time zone. Basically in Europe, is it yeah. in Qatar? It's only a couple. Yeah, of pretty close. Yeah, so yeah. there's nothing to worry about. So I think I want to say for FIFA too. I want to say they set up these games for prime time in Europe because they know oh, that's yeah. their primary audience, right? Oh, hundred percent. So. And you know, and that's the way that's the way it should be. Just like when we're here, I'm I'm going to be interested to see how they um, they slot the games in in the next World Cup because they're going to have to cater to the European market. You know what I mean? So some of yeah, the but early the same games time, are going to be prime time there. So like if we have a two o'clock game here, that's like a that's like seven o'clock in. Italy, isn't it? Yeah, I, I have a feel. Yeah, the prime time games for that World Cup will probably be like two in the l- afternoon for yeah, here. maybe maybe late afternoon, maybe not like for the final, but I imagine we get like some five o'clock start, something like that. Well, I, I'm saying the Europeans are going to definitely have to stay up late some nights to watch games. Oh, Let's definitely. That That's just definitely. the way that it's going to be. And you know, when we're playing out in drama, and we're glad we have World Cup in because uh, this is 2022, every four years going, but we're getting towards the end of the year. And speaking of Ronaldo and the drama, and do I play, and where is he going, and the $250 million, we thought we'd take a little bit of time to discuss some of the things that have gone on this year that have ruined what goes on between the lines. You know what I'm saying? And you're oh, going to yeah. say, well, where am I going with this? Well, the first thing I want to say is, Andrew, when you heard LeBron James asking reporters, how come you didn't ask me about Jerry Jones? What was your thinking? What? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I don't know, like, for, that was such a weird place to go with that. It's like, buddy, like, if you got something to say, like, say it. Okay, so. Like, I don't know, like, what's this, like, game that you're playing with the reporters? That's I, what I got, too, yeah. but here's what really got me thinking about it all, okay? In a weird kind of a way, he was coming to the defense of Kyrie Irving, because what he said is, you can ask me about uh, Kyrie Irving, but you don't ask me about Jerry Jones. So I thought it was going to be just something that the media pushed aside, but it actually took fire in the media because they're saying, where's LeBron going with this? And I said, what I think he's doing in a weird way is heating up this whole racism problem that we have in sports. Oh, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Because let's just, just, whatever you think of Jerry Jones, let's put this into context. The guy was 14 years old in a picture that was not the greatest thing that was happening, but that was in the deep south in a time where racial strife was out of control, and now you're going to question an 80-year-old man about what he did when he was 14? Yeah, this is kind of past the, uh, what's it? Um, oh, my God, I'm blanking on what it's called. When it's too much time has passed in uh, legal terms. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I got it, too. We'll get back to that. Um, 
statue of limitations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, but like he was a minor at the time. He looks like a deer in headlights in that picture, oh, too, actually, which is the saying, funniest too, part. A lot of people said that um, at the time, and I'm not defending anything here because of a man of color, that's a very dark part of American history. Sure. But when you look at it from this point of view, um, my take on it is LeBron. What are you trying to say here? Because what you did is, and I will agree with this, the Kyrie thing went too far. Oh, I agree. The Kyrie thing went too far. However, when a guy puts up something that anti-Semitic on his site, this was a month ago, six weeks ago, not 64 Mm -hmm. years ago. You know what I'm saying? So, LeBron, when you're trying to defend your fellow players about being treated equally and how this is supposed to go, I always say then, why did you um, say anything when when uh, Kyrie first got there? Like, nobody said anything mm-hmm. about Kyrie when they asked him about it. Well, he has his opinions. He didn't back it up. He didn't support it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Le- LeBron said some things that, like, he hasn't exactly followed through on words. Like he's got that line, you know, uh, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Okay, that's where were you when uh, the MLK's Houston owner at- or the Houston GM, uh, what's his name? He's the fly or flyer, 76ers GM now when he uh, put the stand with Hong Kong tweet. Oh, yeah, you disappeared there, LeBron. Of course, you did because it was way too much money. Yeah, screwing with Chinese. his wallet, exactly. So that's what I, I, I think that's the point I'm trying to get around to. First of all, let's say one thing about LeBron James. He is commendable on all levels as someone that's tried to help the community, civil rights, um, women equality. You name all of these social justice uh, things that should be brought to the table when they need to be brought to the table. Because first of all, he's an athlete first. Absolutely. He's not Gandhi. He's not Martin Luther King. However, I do think that, like he says, when uh, when I have a platform, sometimes he should use it for the better. And I agree, LeBron. So now... I'm going to call him out on this because now what you did is you've incited something that we don't want to, we, you're taking it too far. Like who are you pointing as the racist now? Are you pointing out that Jerry Jones is a racist? Is he doing some unjust stuff? Because just wait a second, LeBron, you can't have it both ways. Did the Lakers come to town the other night? Oh yes, they did. They were they not in Toronto? They were. Okay. Let's look at their lineup. Oh, LeBron, you had a hangnail. That's right. You couldn't play. Now I shouldn't say this about LeBron because most of the time he's a guy that plays all the time. Okay, so let's just... Uh, Not so much anymore, though. He's he's getting a lot of load management. Now, because he knows he's older, so he's saving it. So I'll give him the benefit of a doubt there. But let's just look at this, LeBron. And you're saying, like, we're looking this for the justice for the league, and we want people to understand. We as a league, we feel this way. And the owner should justify this because we want everything equal. I, I call bullshit on that because what you did is, what about that fan that drove in from Sudbury? What about that fan that drove in from uh, Windsor? No, not Windsor. He could go to Detroit. But let's just, just say anywhere around. A fan sure. drove in from Kingston. A fan drove in from wherever. London, Kitchener, wherever. wherever yeah. yeah, and they, they, they saved up a dad, worked some overtime, jumped in the van, had to pay that money for that gas. Maybe even had to get a hotel room overnight. So that kid who's got LeBron's poster on the wall besides AD gets to Scotiabank Center, and guess what? They're not even playing. Yeah, the NBA, this has been something that's been brewing for, oh boy, over a decade now for the NBA. Okay, so now that we're going to say this, is this one of the things that I hate personally about this whole NBA thing is the games they play with players and load management. Someone's got to call them out. Why don't they drop the schedule to 72 games? Oh, I agree. You know I agree. I, you're not going to play back to back and they say, oh, it's all about the money. Because the owner, like we've, we've discussed this before, the owners are in cahoots on some of this too because they want their star players to be ready for the playoffs because oh, that's yeah. even a bigger oh, paycheck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't agree with what's going on right now because it can't be fan friendly. 
It's, it's definitely not fan friendly. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, you, you decide. Another thing that I've been really noticing is that LeBron says about cleaning up the game and making it better and all this kind of stuff. Is that what you do is now you're not thinking about the TV contracts. You're not talking about, um, uh, what would you say, where the standings are? Like, are you manipulating the standings? And what's even more, which I hate to bring up, but it's true because we all do this, is a gambling part of the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you, well, the other night when I was looking on the pro line, suddenly the Toronto Raptors were 15-point favorites out of Vegas to beat the Lakers. That's insane. Why? Because Vegas suddenly got the word LeBron's not playing. You know what I mean? Is, yeah. that, is that fan-friendly? Come on. No, the gambling's fan-friendly. But I'm saying <laughs> when you're going in there and is you're the not... Is the gambling fan-friendly? Well, I think that's no, Vegas-friendly. Well, Vegas-friendly, of course. But you know what I'm getting at. My point being is this. I'm really, I'm starting to think that of all the things that are going on in the NBA, what's really bugged me this year is all the negatives that we have to go back. To, I'd like to call them out. And I hope they come up in their collective bargaining agreement is, number one, cut the amount of games. Because they don't want to have back-to-backs. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so you don't want to have back-to-backs. Yep. Let's give it 72 games, but you're going to make less money. Well, guess what? If you're sitting out all those games anyway, you're getting paid to do nothing. So I can't understand why the owners aren't barking up and saying, hey, I want the 72 games. But then again, if you take those 10 games away from the owners, which they say is what, about $2 million a game they put in their pocket? Yeah, sure. But, uh, I mean, there's also talk of that uh, midseason tournament. Oh, so that could no, help fill no. the... I, uh, I'm just saying this is uh, this is no. the reality we're looking at. No. I'll I'm not a big fan of that either. It's a, no. But they do that in soccer. Why can't they do that in basketball? We're in North America. So what? You, you keep your soccer shit over there. No, no, no. Why do they do that? No. I shouldn't say that. God bless the World Cup. No. You know what it is? I'm going to be... Okay, I'm going to be get off my lawn moment. I never okay. grew up with that. So why do you got to have a play? What's wrong with that, though? You, oh, to make everybody feel happy because they get half a blowjob? I mean, half a championship? <laughs> Come on. Stop it. You know what? I heard someone see, like, say if the NHL did this, like, they're like, watch the Leafs win the first, like, midseason oh, yeah, tournament. Oh, yeah, that would be. That would be, that would be so Toronto, Oh, that would be such it? a joke. It, you know, you win that. But that, you know what I mean? It, you know what that smells up to me? I and mean, even I heard when they do that in soccer, that's for money, too. Of course. It's a money play. And so, listen, I can wait. In the NBA, I don't think they should do it because they're already bitching about the amount of games they have. Okay, and another thing that they're doing is, can anybody go to the to go to the net without looking at a referee? Oh, my God. that's something, Now you're pushing my buttons here. That's what I'm saying. Like, all the things like we're watching. First, you don't show up for the game. You bitch at the reporters. And then you bitch at the referees. You know what I mean? Because it's all of those causes. Because I'd like to say LeBron. When I was at, at the reporters, LeBron said to me, uh, how come you didn't bring up the ask me about Jerry Jones? You know what my comeback would have been? Hey, LeBron, how's Black Lives Matter working out? <laughs> and I could get away with that because I'm a man of color. Yeah. That would have been my question. Well, now that we're on the question of asking, hey, hey LeBron, oh my God. hey, have you talked to the girl in London with the half a head? You know, the girl mm-hmm. that's running the show got her head blown off. That's the leader of your Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter? Like, come on. So what we're supposed to do is be good little bitches, sit down on the TV, buy our NBA season pack, and uh, move on and say, who, who, who doesn't, does it matter? No, because I don't think that they're respecting the fans. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really getting at. It's, it's, it's just driving me nuts. Every time I see, like, the, the going out, like I said last week when the Golden State Warriors didn't show up, but it's just a whole thing about the NBA that comes up. you got to deal with all these things. Like, Golden State's just figuring it out after that ridiculous Draymond Green oh punching Jordan Poole. Like, that team hasn't been the same, so that nope. drama went on there. We had the whole mess. Once Kyrie got 
involved in this um, anti-Semitic thing and then players couldn't play and they pushed him out longer, that affects a season ticket holder because they're hoping that their team gets to the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. So then there's six or eight games that go out the back door that they're not going to have, so it could make a difference in where they are in the standings. Nobody talks about all these things. They talk about all this, and I'm not going to uh, belittle any social justice issue that has to be dealt with, but I'm here to watch a basketball game. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean, God bless Brittany Griner getting home this Oh, week. thank God. We should do thank that. Thank God about that. Oh, of course we are, but at the same time, did you see who she got... Traded, traded for, for it. yeah. Okay, and there's yeah, two, not a fair trade, obviously. No, and two, and ex- including the guy, the, the Wallen guy, the businessman. People forget that he's been over there for four years. Mm-hmm. So, in some ways, the NBA is going to honor Brittany Griner. Joe Biden's looking like the president that pulled something out of his ass, <laughs> and it's all bullshit because the real people that they should have been bringing home. No disrespect for Brittany Griner. We were yelling out on our show. Yeah, to bring her back. Yeah, to bring her back. The circumstances with which you bring her back so that the NBA gets some, or WNBA gets some glory out of this, I think they should back off. They should be thankful that she's home, celebrated, and then if they really want to do it, every day that Stephen A. Smith comes on his show, he should be saying, when are we getting the Wallen guy home? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If they're going to go this far, for what's the difference between an athlete and a businessman? They're both Americans, aren't they? Both people. Both people. That's what I'm saying. And I'm saying that the NBA is just not respecting humans and take it one step further we're still dealing with um the celtics are racing to the top of the standings they may be the best team in the league and they had to go through their little drama because they had to get rid of the coach why because he cheated okay (laughs) (laughs) no but this is like kind of like what's becoming a theme with our talks with nba it's like they're just hurting themselves and like this is going to come to a head eventually like right now they're riding that wave this ain't going to last forever. I don't think so. I, I see this collecting a bargaining agreement. It's going it, to be the... That's yeah. going to be the straw to break the camel's back. Because first of all, the salaries are out of control. Oh, yeah. And not only under control, they're not get, the, the owners aren't getting their bang for their buck. No, absolutely not. But here at the house, that happens. We're not worried about the owners or the networks or who's the merchandising guy. We're here, all here for the fans. Yep. And as fans, we're yelling, don't cheat us. Cheat us. And speaking of cheating... Another thing that got kind of pushed under the table in a weird way is the Houston Astros did win the World Series. They did indeed. They're second. Do you think that that makes people, the memories are so short that we're not going to talk about the fact that they cheated a few <laughs> years ago to suddenly put them on the pedestal because they're not cheating? I, I wouldn't say that people are putting them on the pedestal, but a lot of that cheating talk has kind of subsided, I would say. Cheating is cheating. So if that's the case, baseball's then, about cheating, though. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Then let's get Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. I agree. I agree. Okay. I so agree. You, we can't do this out of both sides of your face. Baseball. That's another thing I've hated this year about about baseball is the fact that everybody's talking about this is the last chance for Bonds and and Clemens. They got off, but however, they got this that committee. That's how Fred McGriff got in. And Fred McGriff got in. Okay, I don't think Fred McGriff's a Hall of Famer. Why is that? Because I think he was a solid, solid player. Okay, let's let's put him in, in, in context, okay? If he was on a hockey team, he would have been the third-line center who killed penalties very well. Okay. And would have won a Selkie trophy. I'll, I'll give him all of that. But I but watched, he's got a World Series. What's that? He's got a World Series. I agree. Okay. That's, that's probably like, that's, that's a lot. That's the Hall of Fame nonsense that we can get into, right? It's like the if you win a championship, that can kind of push you 
uh, over the edge. Like, um, oh my God, who is that guy with the Islanders? Who was like a third liner and he's in? Butch like Goring. Butch Goring, yeah. Is he in? I think he is. Okay, he's another guy that shouldn't be in because what has happened, and I'm going to blame this on you guys, and we'll, and I'll get to the reason why we're going to why Fred McGriff get in. And don't get oh, me no, wrong. Oh, no, Butch Goring is not in the Hall of Fame. My bad. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's Kirk Gillies. Clark Gillies, he yes. He shouldn't have got he in. Should, yes. No, Clark Gillies should not be in the Hall of Fame either. And I, I compare him to Fred McGriff. But no, Fred McGriff was a better baseball player than Clark Gillies, I thought, was a hockey player. Because Clark Gillies went out there a lot of times to protect Brian Trache, mm-hmm. who was carving people's livers out with his stick when people weren't looking. Because people don't know that about Brian. He's got a new book out, Trache, I believe. We'll get to that in the hockey show. But my, I'd my, be interested to read that. Yeah, um, the thing, what we're getting at is, is it trickle down in, in, in sports that, like, look at baseball now. Baseball has done shit where um, analytics has affected it one way, and contracts have affected it in another way. Being like this, do you think that judge deserved that money? Oh, I wouldn't have given given him that money. I wouldn't have given him that money either. And I'm like, gl- you think he's going to hit 60 again? I don't Never. think so. I don't think he'll ever hit 60 again. Will he hit 50 again? Maybe not. If he gives you five more years of 40 home runs, I think the contract will be worth it. It's a big if. He's a big guy. Those guys tend not to age well in baseball. Dave Winfield did. Dave not everyone's Winfield. Dave Winfield. Okay, so this guy could we'll be see. Dave we'll Winfield see. And, and, and Trout's along, even though Trout sounded his contract a little bit earlier. But the thing is about baseball that, that I'm saying now is we got this free agent market here, and everybody's outbidding everybody else, but the ratings are down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Except for the players, and some of the stadiums are down. So how is this going to play out if you keep giving these huge money? We're gonna have another strike. Oh, actually, I don't we just got—we know we just came out of a collective bargaining kerfuffle. Let's yes. call it. But uh, how how long do they sign for? Was it seven years? Six yeah, years? Yeah. Seven? Yeah. So I think that well, baseball is gonna. We'll I, see. I, I say baseball is gonna do a lot of collapsing by then, which brings us to this free agent season about our Toronto Blue Jays. Do you think we've done enough in the off season so far? No. No, but like uh, I will say this: the Jays. As of late, they've kind of been the ones to strike at the end of the offseason. Like, we have been like, you know, doom and gloom. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, we signed Ryu. I, I think George Springer was a late signing too, yes. right? Yes. We'll see. But, I mean, like, there's a lot of Who talk. Who's left? Uh, yeah, we'll see. Who's I, left? Okay, I, I think they're going to go for trade. It, it, but, honestly, but the thing I'm worried about, though, is they're starting to, they're starting to be whispers that's going to be Jansen is going to be the guy out, which I don't like at all. I don't either. I think it should be one of the other two. But he's a high Are they worried about pissing piss off Manoa? We kind of got into that last week. Yeah, that's. That, I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. But if I had my choice, he, I think he's at the highest value because Kirk came out of nowhere. Is he going to be able to sustain that now that there's that's a book on him? That's what I'm worried about. Him, and he's not a great defensive game. catcher either. No, he's not. But he, he, he calls a good game for Manoa. You know sure. that catcher thing, sure. guys, they get that chemistry. I agree with that. But my take on the matter is what pissed me off about the Blue Jays is there was a lot of mid-infielder, mid I mean um, relievers, Middle relievers like Talion, that guy, mm-hmm. what's his name? Um, uh, was it Trachel that went to Chicago? But anyway, there was five or six pitchers that were in that range. I think a few of them got overpaid because oh, yeah. the demand was there. But I'm saying when we get to the middle of the season now, okay, we got the we got what's his name from Seattle. But I thought we should have signed two more guys in the bullpen because really I think it's our bullpen that needs the work. And I don't know if Romero is going to come out and save 40 games again next year or 35. The book's still out on him. He had a great yeah. season, but isn't Romero that lockdown guy all the time? Because by the end of the year, he was getting a little torn and frayed. Is that... So I, I thought he was having... I thought by the end of the season, he actually, like, his numbers kind of 
went Came back, back to up? yeah it was it was kind of early on the seasons where like his home numbers were amazing but his road numbers yeah, were, were garbage brutal. but that kind of you know evened out by the end of the season i think he could be a good closer i, I think, think he still can I, I think the thing for this team is you need that like who's the lockdown guy going to be in the seventh and eighth innings i think that's a more important reliever position than the closer these days honestly i agree that's what i'm saying so seeing five or six of these guys that were in the market are gone now yeah. The premier guys in that position are all gone. There was five of them there. I was watching an MLB network. They're all gone. I'm thinking, oh, the Jays could use that guy. Oh, the Jays could use, oh, the Jays could use that guy. And every day I wake up in the morning and a ticket Another goes guy by. Gone. gone. So now I've heard rumors that there's um, a couple guys in the minors, but I'm not sure about that. And I mean, there's Nate Pearson too. Like we don't. Oh, he's got a show sometime, eh? Do you think, I, 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 well, I, I hope they stretch him out as a starter and see what we got there. That's what they should do. Number one, uh, yeah. I agree. But then there's talk now of like them being comfortable of going with Kikuchi uh, and Mike Mike White. Is that the guy? It's uh, like their bottom uh, end of their rotation, which uh, that's a scary prospect. It doesn't sound like Ross Stripling's coming back. I think he may have priced himself out of town. I think they should sign him at any cost. So what do you mean? Who's signing him yet? Nobody signed him yet. I heard no. that he's asking for more money because he had that nice run. You know what I mean? He's yeah. trying to because like yeah. What if he? What if he's the Campbell? Of uh, of uh, baseball free agency. So if he's so Edmonton we'll Campbell, we Edmonton don't. Want. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I, but you know what? Stripling has proved that he could. Did he's what 30 years old? He's been around. I don't think he should get 20 million a year. That's what I'm worried about. But but he is asking for. There big could be money. a team. There's there's some crazy owners in uh, baseball right now. We've seen. You, like look how much Xander Bogart's got. Oh oh my. You think God. the back end of that contract's going to be pretty? No, no. No, but look what they just gave the Japanese pitcher. Yeah. Oh, man. But there's still another starter over in Japan that wants to come over, right? There's I've heard. Two. Yeah. Yeah. And the Jays are in on him. Is that As they Jays? should be. Oh, As they course. should be. I, I think the Jays should have been in on everything. I think they should have been in. I think they should have been in on Verlander, which they were. They were. They were. But, I mean, I, mean, I, I say his wife said, where's Toronto? That's why he went to New York. Because New York I mean, is there. It, that's, that, it's, it's, it just says everything about uh, Verlander and his wife. I forget her name. Sorry. The beauty that she is. Oh, she's a rocket. Oh, yeah. Kate Upton. Yeah, Kate Upton. Like, I mean, she's a New York girl. That's, yeah. That, that's, that, that's Toronto. Her. Toronto's beautiful, but it's, uh, I mean, it's, well. There's a border. Yeah. It's the border. It's not New York. It's not New York. So, anyways, as, as we're moving along, to, to think about this, I'm, I, I'm one of the things that I, I've really – learn to hate this year is giving out these contracts and nobody thinking about the back end so i'm going to justify i'm going to justify um um akins and shapiro slowing their role a bit to give these guys too much money because the market's going to be there and it's going to bear out in the long run hey what's going on here because speaking of bad contracts um let's look what's happening in the nfl we have the Ooh. russell wilson show oh no you know what I mean? Unlimited. So, uh, okay. Unlimited poots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, you know, the guy could come back. The guy not could, this season. No, no, no. It's Maybe under that. a different head coach. <laughs> I don't know because, like, weirder things have happened. Bro, would you have said that Baker Mayfield was going to come in the last eight minutes? And turn into Tom Brady? After being on the team for 48 hours. I, I was having conversations with my friends. I'm like, I don't think he gets into the game. Like, he's going to learn the playbook in, yeah, like 48 hours. That's not going to happen. No. All of a sudden, like, he's out there looking like Second the Second series. Mind you, I don't know if you've ever seen the flow chart of, like, of how Baker Mayfield plays. So, it's like, he starts off really well, gets cocky, plays like shit, 
has that underdog mentality, goes back to playing great again. It's like just like a oh, vicious cycle. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but you know what? Here, Here's the thing. I think that, that it's a safe landing for him. Even though um, the, the good thing about the NFL is the fact that uh, there's, no, they, there's guaranteed money, but technically they can cut you anytime. Yeah. Okay, so look at Baker Mayfield. I was shocked when Carolina uh, released him, but he asked to be released. I did not know that. He asked to be released. So obviously, he had the connection with McVay, the coach of the Rams, because he didn't didn't get released. What was it? Was the Tuesday afternoon at 4 o'clock when he waved any team could have him, and bang, he was already in L.A., the yeah, there was talks of, like, uh, the 49ers picking him up. It was like, not, they didn't even have the chance, Mm-mm. it looks like. No, he went right there. So, obviously, there's been a McVeigh connection, which I'm saying is um, not a bad thing because you got to look at L.A. Now they're in big trouble. And as being a Detroit Lion disciple, I'm kind of hoping the Rams will lose every game for the rest of the year because we'll get that top five pick. That belongs to oh, my yeah. beloved Detroit, Tiger, Detroit Lions. Lions. So I'm hoping that they would lose every game. But I find it quite interesting that what happens when you're talking about these contracts and who's going here and, and the, the chess game they play in the NFL, like where's Odell Beckham going to go? Boy, that's the big conversation of the hour. It sounds like uh, Dallas isn't too keen on signing him anymore after uh, I think their he should meeting. never go to Dallas. First, I'm kind of surprised he would even consider it. I mean, okay, it's Dallas. It's like the Yankees of the NFL. But it's like oh, you were a Giants guy, you know. That's like you're 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 changing changing sides in that division. That's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. So he's going to go back to the Giants. That's where I thought he was going to go. I wouldn't go back there either because I think that he should end up in Buffalo. Come to Buffalo. Let put Buffalo over the edge. But the thing that, like I said, I would love to see him in Buffalo. We all would. But the thing is. Um, what I'm trying to get at is about as we're discussing the things that we don't like in sports is the fact that you spend so much time, um, what would you say, press time on talking about what ifs. <laughs> it drives me crazy. And then you go out on the team in the field and uh, the Raiders drop another 13-point lead with eight points with eight minutes left in the game. I think it's Ridiculous. more. I think it's more significant. We talk about how did we get there and whether or not who's going to play here and what's the contract because there's. Uh, we're trying to get the drama out. We're trying to get the drama out, and the NFL is just building drama now because Dallas is the team, <laughs> America's team. You can't get but that's, away. But that's Dallas. good drama, though. It's not like it's not NBA drama. I would say this is a positive thing, though, for the league. Oh, and, and I, I, I don't think that um, it's interesting you said that because the NBA would never let the ridiculous. This go on with some of the players in the uh, in the NFL. They would not, that guy would go sit down. They would cut him. They would just do something. You know what I mean? Like look at Antonio Brown. They mm. said no, that's not enough. Um, the Greg Hardy thing back in the but day. But the NFL did get Antonio Brown out in but quick succession. That's did, what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. They, they could do that. Not 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 in basketball and that. These guys are going to linger. They got contracts. <laughs> they got big money. That's guaranteed money. Yeah. No matter what what we're going to say, which. Leads me to believe, just for a second, that to say that I'm I'm, I'm going to be on the record here, and I'm saying that I I do believe the New York, uh, I mean the Brooklyn Nets will be a factor in the playoffs this year with all those guys, and considering considering that Kyrie doesn't have a contract next year, which is what you're going to gamble on, because one of the things that's really interesting now about the NFL too is like what's going to happen with Lamar in Baltimore. He doesn't have a contract next year, and he's he out for a not. couple of games. And they're not looking too good down the stretch. I mean, they're 8-4, and four, good record. But, I mean, 
if you don't got him down the stretch here, that's like they could easily lose this division lead to Cincinnati, who was not a team that I had in the playoffs, but they've been coming on real strong here. Oh, I the think stretch. they're going to win the division. If you want to have it now that we're going into the final fourth of the season, let's remind everybody exactly where we were and how we're going to see. So, Mr. Milani had... Oh, I can, I can read you. I remember my playoff pick. So, I had Buffalo winning the division. Yep. I had Buffalo, Baltimore, Indianapolis, and the, the Chiefs winning the division. That is my wild cards. I think I had New England, the Chargers, and the Broncos. How is that working out? Oh man, the, I think the Broncos are the biggest disappointment in the league. Oh, going away, and it's all and what it was all about though. Back to the drama, the Russell Wilson thing, the wife, the blah blah blah. What is it getting them? Working on the working out on the airplane oh, to London. Oh come on! And okay, so we're okay. That's we're just all talking that. about the 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 I picked. We were pretty close there, but I'm I'm kind of liking my picks. You, you were a little better than me. I will <laughs> say this, especially for the AFC. Okay, but we're we're still we're not that great when you talk about the the um, AFC and that. I had Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Kansas City, and that's all. You could go four good. for four there. But I had Cincy making the playoffs. You didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I said true. the only thing at the time I was concerned with because Cincinnati was could repeat, but I thought Baltimore would be now. But if you want to say, I would definitely change my pick as Lamar. Um, Missing these couple of games and Baltimore blowing those leads. Yeah, big red flag. Yeah. Big red flag. I, I kind of knew Baltimore was well, actually, that's not, that's a little bit of uh, revisionist history. I think I called them uh, my dark horse team yeah. earlier in the season. It's like they're. But they have no wide receivers. No, but I mean, like, I mean, they have some guy like Duvernay and whatever. Uh, like Andrew, the tight end, he's great, but they, they don't have that go to wideout. No. I think that's what's hurting them. And then um, they've got a great running game, but that includes Lamar, who got banged up on a run. Mm hmm. You know, so no, but them blowing leads—that's that's the big red flag. You're not winning anything with a play like that. Can they win in Pittsburgh this weekend? I think they can. I mean, I don't think the Steelers are a great team by any stretch. But I mean, division game—one of the hardest, toughest rivalries in football. Oh yes. Okay, so now they're down a quarterback, but this Hutley guy's not too bad. Going you know. into Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Tomlin's gonna have him ready. I haven't put my picks in for. Uh, for my pool on Sunday as of yet, but I think that I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh and the one and a half points, isn't it? Or two? It's pretty well a pick 'em mm, game. Where is it here? Uh, two points right now. Yeah, it's 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 two points. So I'm saying with no Lamar in Pittsburgh on a cool, dirty afternoon, and put it this way, Pittsburgh's got some defense. That's the right now they're holding out there, and the kid's not playing bad. This picket kid? No, he's not bad. He's not playing bang playing bad at all so i i'm just saying that uh looking at from this point of view buffalo should be kicking the jets this weekend rising oh well up that's a 10 point spread I'm, so i'm taking Vegas buffalo and the, i'm taking buffalo and the points because i think that this is at a point in the season where you get to um all the things you know when i said earlier like at the beginning of the season everybody um jumps to conclusions too soon mm -hmm. you know the sample size isn't quite big enough but we're now only five games left in the season so at the beginning of the season if you said that buffalo was going to end up being a 12 and 5 team would you say yeah that sounds reasonable they're nine and three so the uh, the opportunity to be 12 and five is right in our face yeah i mean i would have said they're probably finished with a little bit more wins than that but okay 12, well they still could either if, way if they run the table now they can be what 14 and three yep and everybody said Buffalo could be 14-3. and three. I'm still not saying if they could beat Kansas City, though. That's another story, like when you get in there. And understanding yeah. that Cincinnati is now beating beat Kansas City three times in a row. How weird is that? That, like, that, like Cincinnati is just Kansas City's kryptonite. 
seems to be and every score is less than six insane you know what i insane. mean all three wins and less than six but i think it's you know what it is it's uh, when you watch the game sometimes there's a you know what i call it an underbelly of a defense okay and somewhere in the middle of that going from the line to the uh the safeties in the corners that Kansas City seems a little soft in there, and Joe Burrow is as a master, yeah. like all those guys running those those little slants and that. So you got Higgins, uh, uh, Jamar Chase just came back, and you got Tyler Boyd, and they got the big tight end. Yeah. So they're killing him in that underbelly, and that, Joe Burrow is is the real deal. It's true, and that Kansas City de- defense after winning that first Super Bowl, they you know obviously had to shed some guys due to the salary cap constraints, but. And they've just never looked the same since then. Never. No. They've no. Tried, they haven't been quite able to rebuild through the draft. They, obviously, they got some guys, but it's just nowhere near as strong as they were. I'm, I'm taking uh, – I'm of the belief that um, um, uh, Patrick Mahomes has enough moxie in the big game that he's going to pull it out. But if he happens to run into – um, Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game again. What are Could they going to say? Well, that's what they're all going to say. But I, I'm a big shout out to Joe Burrow, who early in the year was one of the times. Do you remember that Cincinnati was one in three at one point? Remember? Yep. They were one in three. And Joe Burrow says, hey, this is a long season. He did that, uh, uh, what is it, the Aaron Rodgers thing about, um, don't worry, we're going to be just fine as it is. But now that we're here, here's another thing that we're talking about things I don't like this year. I don't like it when you got to all the time hear about the same two quarterbacks all the time like they're God. And what's Brady going to do this year? This, this, both of us are Brady fans. Oh, okay? yeah. We're big Brady fans. I think he's come to the end. The other guy I'm saying is I'm hoping that I don't see no more of Aaron Rodgers this year. I'm done with that. If you're, if you're not winning, why should you be on TV? I agree. I agree, especially Aaron Rodgers. They're third place in the division. They got no chance of making the playoffs at this point. Like at least with Brady, like they're leading their division. The Bucks will be in the playoffs by the end. They're probably a division in football. Oh, agreed. They're probably going to be one and done in there too. They're probably going to lose to the Cowboys first game. Oh, I think that the, the the greatest thing what would happen is if the Cowboys had to go to Tampa and they lost. I don't think so though. But the division hasn't been settled yet. If Dallas could beat Philadelphia, oh, they're still back by two games though. I don't think they're going to catch them either. I don't but, think so. But um, they've got they, they've got a, there's enough games that they could get there. I just think Philadelphia is way too solid as a team. I think that Jalen Hurts should be talked about in the MVP. I agree. Conversation. So that what I find is that watching all the sports shows and sometimes getting prepared to do something like we're doing right now, you look at all the factors that bring up why we talk about the sports, and I find that there's just too many time spent on players we shouldn't be talking about because more of a drama thing than any anything. Yeah. Like, what did we all hear all year? Oh, what was Aaron Rodgers doing in the offseason and eating stuff to make him a better <laughs> lover? And Brady's got to go through his personal stuff because it's all out of control. You know what I mean? And then well, well, we're not talking about. We're not talking about Tua. We're not talking enough about Tua. We're not talking enough about Jalen Hurts. We're not talking enough about um, uh, the situation and whether or not Hebert's good enough to get Chargers over the hump. We're not talking about why Derek, Derek Carr or Josh McDaniels. Something's got to break between those two. Yeah, well, I mean, rumor has it that Brady could be on his way to the Raiders next season, right? Brady should retire, bro. <laughs> no, don't mess it up. You know what I mean? Oh, he can still throw pretty good. He can still do this and that. I disagree because sometimes you stick around too long. You think he's? Uh, you think he's done completely? I'm not saying that he's completely done. He still got zip on the ball, and look what he did last week. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Vintage Tom Brady, okay? I turned that game off. I thought it was over. No, I stuck to the end. <laughs> I stuck to the end, and he, and he pulled Mind it. you, like, I, I watched the Manning cast, and, like, their interview with uh, Dana White was brutal. I turned that off. That was bad. It was so bad, and Dana's usually pretty good, but Dana was spending too much time watching the game, and he wasn't, he wasn't in. But meanwhile, who did they have on before? Oh, Randy Moss was great. Oh, he's always great. Yeah, look at that. He's so always he, great. So look at the difference between Randy Moss and Dana. I'm not even they saved Dana White for the end because he was supposed to be the anchor that took him home. By the way, was I he smoking? Okay, Dana? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe. But I was going to ask you about his uh, power slap uh, league that he's setting up. I want to know your take on that. I could be doing my hair that day. Okay, <laughs> come on. That just tells you, in my opinion, the truth about the matter is this. This is new age shit. That's why I have trouble because people don't like. Do you ever talk here about? Okay, I'm gonna put it this way. Do you ever hear anybody talking about chess anymore? No. Okay, I seen a bunch of guys in a bar come in the other night and they had two chess, those portable chess tables. They put them out there playing chess, and I thought that's just amazing. But that doesn't go on anymore because it's too slow. Yeah. You're not quick yeah. enough. So what are we gonna go to? We went from boxing because there's MMA. all those rounds. Yep. Then we went to MMA because the action is more quicker, and now we're gonna go to this caca. <laughs> Come on! Is it what? What? So what is it? It's going to be like that, they, like they do over in Europe, that slap stuff, right? Yeah, it's like uh, he was saying. Dana White was saying it's big in like Poland and Russia. Huge, and in Bulgaria. Yeah. Did you ever see the guy? It was about two years ago. A guy was the longest there. He had a string of about 19, 19 times. Did you ever see it? Did you ever watch what they do? It I've is seen so clips. brutal. Not, yeah, they had this guy on, and then finally one guy hit the guy. And he finally went down after about 18 fights in a row. Nobody had ever gone this row. But these guys just get to sit there and hit you in the face as hard as they can at 300 pounds. What does that do to your cranium? Oh, that's, that's not good. So not I'm, I'm going to have a pay-per-view. But they'll hype well, it's gonna it up be on and people cable. buy it. It's going to be okay, on cable. Whatever it is, yeah. it'll, it'll get hyped up and people want to see it. Because you know what it is? It's the instant you know what I mean? I think that's why. I don't think it's going to last, though, to be honest. I don't even think it's going to get off the ground. I think it's going to be a while. They're going to be one big guy's going to hit. It's going to be like that. Remember that black guy that used to do the street fighting? Kimba. Kim, Kim, um, Kimbo Slice. Slice. Kimbo Slice, who's now dead, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's going to be that, that kind of stuff. It's going to be that glorified. Which is, I'm not, to me, mm -hmm. that's, not, that's like something you do in the street or whatever. Next, we're going to have, we're going to bring cockfighting back or dogfights. <laughs> Come on. That's all it is. And that's what I say I can't stand about sports is that we're taking away from the structures of the old school games to modify it down so it's like a clickbait or a fast thing for people to deal with and they don't have to go on. It's like why people don't read anymore. They got their phone. We'll just read the clip. Why read the book? You know what I mean? So it just dummies down everybody. And I think if they bring that stuff in, I'll never watch. Yes, I will watch it because it's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, there, I think there's something to be said for like um, experimentation and changing stuff a little bit, but I think this is it's too far. Well, this is what I'm saying. So we're going to get down to it. A lot of the reasons it took a long time that I think for soccer to catch on, even though the, the media has put, pushed it up and the big-name players and the way they, um, they market it has gotten much better is because young, a lot of young people, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys are, uh, your generation, a lot of people are bringing in here because we're getting the World Cup here, is that when I was younger, I always thought that soccer was a little slow to me. Mm -hmm. For me, because I got brought up on football. I got brought up on baseball. I got, oh, well, baseball is different, but hockey. I got up on football, like those kind of sports, basketball, where everything's always moving. So soccer, to me, always felt like, wow, it's taken a long time for anything to happen here. You know what I mean? And with the flopping going on, and yeah. I said, went, ah, it was more 
it seemed to me more European until I got older and watched what was going on in South America, which changed my mind. But um, you know what I mean? And ultimately, it's going to come down to this. And this is why Mr. Milani and I disagree on in some way. There's two things that are screwing everything up. Technology and analytics. That's why I'm here. And those go like hand in glove, basically. You definitely do. So I'm saying, does technology affect the flow of the game? How so? Um, The other night, they had the... um, um, what what game was it? When they were looking at the replay, it was a football game. And oh well, I, okay. If with uh, I, I think that's definitely something that is maybe something that we've gone a little bit too far with, where it's kind of it's ruined the flow of the game in some ways. Technology has affected the. I flow don't of think. The game. I like the way the NFL handles it. Every scoring play is reviewed. That's okay, fine. especially in the last two minutes. I can especially, do that too. Yeah, yeah. I I don't mind that, but you know, it's like. With hockey, with like these offside reviews, I think we've maybe gone a little bit too far there. Not that it's gone too far. Sometimes it takes them five minutes well, there to we figure go. it that's out. I'm going, what? Like, is this necessary? Oh, it's, uh, that's what I say. Technology is affecting the flow of the games. When you add it on to analytics, it's driving me nuts. I, I just blame the referee who let Matt Duchesne like 10 feet offside there. That's how this whole <laughs> thing started. Okay. I'm not going to blame Duchesne. Like, whatever. No, he, it, no. It's a little brain for whatever there. It's a player. It happens. The referee, though, buddy, you got to be better than that. Okay, so what? This is why I'm saying this is why we're. I know it's a tough job, but still. I agree. Okay, but now, now where do we get the balance? Because if you look at it, everything's analytics, bro, and it's driving me nuts. And we already discussed this. When I play baseball, if I want to line all nine guys up on the left field line, you should be able to. Why shouldn't I be able to do it? But they're going to say, "Oh, what about the nuance of the game?" When they bring in that electronic umpire from behind the plate. That's when I'm really going to go, wait a second, baseball. You know, is this going to be robo-ball now? That's one, like, I go back and forth with this one, honestly. That's one you're young. I know, but, like, Cruz, like, these umpires suck sometimes with balls and strikes. You know this. Okay, so let's you do know this. this. Okay, we're going to, we're, we're, we're on the, we're on it. We're playing a series this weekend, okay? Toronto is against uh, the Detroit Tigers. Sure. And here comes the refereeing crew coming in. The refereeing crew includes Milani and Cruz. So they're both going to get a game behind the plate. Maybe Milani's strike zone's a little bit different than Cruz's. Isn't that part of the game? And you're it saying is part of the, but like it's the consistency that like some of these umpires like okay, are bad with. Okay, uh, I'm not. I'm going to say basically some. They say umpires are high pitch guys, and some say umpires are low pitch guys. Okay. All right. However, when you see it on your screen. I think by the time you get to the second inning, everybody should know where we are with this so you don't take away from the feel of the game. I get that, but there's sometimes when, like, you know, the pitch will be, like, you know, a little bit, like, out, out, down and outside. He'll call that a strike, and the next time it's a ball. How, how should that be? It shouldn't. Okay, so it's, it's it's a consistency issue for me. That's my problem. I don't care if like this guy's strike zone is a little bit different for this guy. As long as the guy is consistent with his strike zone, I'm fine with it. I'm saying most of the time they are, don't you think? I know most of the, the time, time, but there's some garbage umpires out there, and you know that. Okay, so then what they're going to do, they're going to be on one game of the series, so you should know during that game, if it's Cruz behind the plate, you're going to get a bad call. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that, that, I think what I'm trying to get at is I know what you're saying, because then when we're going to add on the other thing that affects, technology affects the flow of the game, I believe, and when they add analytics onto it, they add another component that takes away from the energy from the game. Now let's take it one step further, bro. Okay. 
when people are betting on these games and we have technology affecting the flow of the game with an analytic call because look at all the bad analytic calls we've seen this year. Okay? Again okay. in the World Series. In the World Series, that's two times in three years. Why did they take out why did they take Wheeler out? I don't know. Okay, and what happened? <laughs> what happened? Ah, Houston got a ring and they were cheaters. They were. Okay, so but that, that's what I'm getting at. So as an old guy, I want the flow of the game. But like to the be balls and strikes, that won't affect the flow of the game though, because you get that call instantaneously. Okay, well, I'm going to say it this way. Then the guy's not going to swing. What I'm saying is that if you know that pitch down and away is going to be called a strike, then you better defend yourself at the plate. So if he does call it, and, you, and I can't argue with that because when umpires do that, it makes me crazy too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you called it a ball for Manoa, yeah. but you called it a strike for Verlander. Sure. I don't I, – I, that weirds me out, and especially depending on where you are. Are you in Houston or are you in Toronto? There you go. You know what I mean? Sometimes I yeah, go, oh, yeah. wait a second here. Is this what's going on? I, I don't know. Like, the way – like, I think you should still have, like, the four umpire, umpires, like, on the field and six in the playoffs. Keep that yeah. the same. Just have, like, a fifth guy – or fifth, seventh guy, whatever it is. Like, kind of like an eye-in-the-sky guy. He's looking at the strike zone, and he's the kind of guy, like, relaying that information. I think that could – Work pretty well. Okay, so he's in a press box and he's going to go down and tell the umpire, "Hey, you're fucking up with the strike zone. Move it over." Is that? No, 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 no. I'm saying like I'm saying robo strike zone at this point. And then you just have like a guy kind of like keeping tabs on things. When they upstairs. have a robo strike zone, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> okay, so let's cut to the chase. I think what it is is like I'm saying. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna, I love Michael Irwin for this. Okay, I like Michael Irwin for this, and, and he's saying this. There's certain things that happen in the flow of a game. That analytics cannot control, and it's called emotion. It's called um, uh, energy. It's called nuance. For example, if we if we didn't have yeah if we didn't have um, if we didn't have uh, if we had analytics, Kirk Gibson would never have hit that home run in I the Game of World Series. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to take that away. But I mean, isn't that the job of the coach or the manager to balance that though? To take these things like hey, like we have this information from the analytics. That's all well and good, but we also have, you know, um, traditional baseball, you know, knowledge. So who's if making the, the call, the general manager or the coach? I mean, I think it's up to them to balance that. I think it's both their jobs. Okay. So I think I think a lot of the problem is like these guys are like going so far with their with the analytics. And it's like, well, no, it, it doesn't work like that. Okay, but before we end on analytics, let's take it to another sport. Like I'm saying, this is what drives me nuts. Steph Curry, if you don't like basketball, if you don't, if you don't like Steph Curry, you don't like basketball. I agree. He's ruined basketball. <laughs> at the same time, I'm telling you, okay. So that's what I'm saying when you. But, get uh, it. but that's not him ruining basketball. Like yes it's and no. It's analytics now. People it's think, coaches up, like being like up. and like and, 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 we've Nick talked Nurse about this before. Oh my god, have you uh, seen the Raptors shooting stats this year? Horrible. Like besides, like Siakam shooting like three fifty from three, and he's their best. Okay, so what they should do is go from inside out, set outside in, and they're not because Van Vliet's numbers I mean, especially are like oh, he, garbage he'll, he'll this get, year. But I think he'll, I think he'll even out over the season. I hope season. so. I hope so. You know, with that being said, so you got to understand we that that's that's a lot of things that we hate. 
about sports this year, and we're going to continue. And we're this, haters, and we're haters, and we're going to continue this next week. So, if anybody listening to this show have an idea about what you dislike this year in sports, get in touch with us. We're going to let you know. Yeah, but we're on we're on social media, folks. Yes, reach we are. out to us. We love uh, we love reaching out. I'm I run our social media, so you'll be chatting with me basically directly. Before before I uh, we make our picks for the week. It would be remiss to me to say I didn't say anything on social media. I didn't say anything there because I don't like if people are going to say, oh, Cruz, how are you feeling and all this stuff. But big shout out to my dog, Finnegan. He was with me almost 15 years, and I had to put my boy down. Okay? Sad. And he's a Detroit Lion fan. <laughs> That's all I want you to know. God bless my dog. And, and uh, that's the lead into what's your picks this week, bro? What do you think are your three faves? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna break my own rule, not betting on my team. I'm gonna take the Patriots minus one and a half in Arizona. You are? Yeah, I think the I think the Cardinals are fakers. I think they're phonies. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got my six game parlays in trouble. I'm I gonna I'm gonna take the Bills over the Jets, ten points. I think that I think the Jets are just gonna collapse down the stretch. I don't I don't like their schedule for them, uh, but I mean I like it as a Patriots fan, but. Um, my third pick I'm really struggling with. Um, part of me wants to say the 49ers against the Bucks. Um, you know what though? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something crazy. I'm gonna take the Browns. Oh, you're killing me! All right. Joe Burrow's never won a game against the Browns. I'm gonna. I'm gonna okay, take that so to continue. Right off the hop. Right off the hop. Here's my picks for the week. My number one was Cincinnati. Oh, right you're off. on. You're I've on. already that. That's a Rickers red in the making right there. Indeed. I've already handed in my six-game parlay, and one of my teams is Cincinnati. I think this is where they're going to say, look at Deshaun Watson's already playing his second game. He looked wobbly last week. Oh, yeah, he did not look good. Okay, but then he hasn't played in almost two years. So now this is a big division game. And here's what we're, we want to switch on. If, 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 Ball, if Pittsburgh beats Baltimore and Cincinnati beats Cleveland. Oh, that's a big swing. Dun, 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 dun. So I'm going definitely, I'm taking Cincinnati. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills, and I'm taking Kansas City to sodomize Ooh. the Denver Bronco and the points. Okay, and I'm hey. telling you, in the parlays that I've won the last couple of weeks, I've taken all the big point spreads, and they've seemed to come in. Okay. Because everything starts to balance an ode over the season. Remember my theory is, okay, it look a little weird here, but let's get down to where it evens out. Like, you know, if you flip a coin, it's going to be heads 50 sure. and tails. It's starting to feel that way in the NFL, which may really makes some of my picks for the season look good, even though I think that Tennessee is not going to be – I'm picking win the division. I don't see no one's coming out of there because that whole some both of the South teams divisions are, are crap. Yes, I'm saying yeah on both sides. Oh yeah, the NFC 100%. and the AFC. I like both. Both have gone to hell, but we still have five weeks to go. So there's a lot could happen. Um, my Detroit Lions are technically still in the hunt. Well, this is a big game. If if, if Minnesota miss- wins, they clinch the division though. Correct? Exactly. Yeah. So let's not let them do it in our house. And we had Minnesota like on the ropes. The last game we we gave up, they got thirteen points on us in the fourth quarter. We should have won that game. All of a sudden, the Lions look like they're pretty good. We got a roar. We're the Lions. And speaking of roaring, we just want to let you know, each and every one of you, that these are our year-end issues, and we're going to pump it up in the new year. But all of you that have been listening and all of you have been chirping in and giving us encouragement, we want to say thank you for listening to The House That Happens. Hi, my name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Milani. Thanks for being here. We're out of here. <laughs>